Welcome everybody to the Wavecast, episode 9. Yes, I had to check that. Uh, it's your source for everything Wave Project. It's our way of connecting you to what's going on with Wave Project, how we're out in the community serving around Metro Detroit, uh, to help inform you about not only where your donations and support and how your volunteerism is helping out, but also we really try to do our best to paint a landscape to help people uh, understand what's going on out there uh, to give them a little bit of a window of people experiencing homelessness, uh, what services are being provided to them, and even in certain cases, what organizations are really out there trying to make a difference and, and help. Uh, we, we call that our partner spotlight, and today we're going to have one of those episodes. We are so very happy to have one of our uh, most consistent partners, More Than a Bus, with us today, and their executive director, Jennifer Miller. And, you know, just to set it up, what I would really love to happen in this episode is not only for you to get an idea of who Jennifer is, but to really understand what More Than a Bus is all about, why they jumped into serving people experiencing homelessness and people in need, and what that looks like out on the streets. Because we very well know that so many people have busy lives, uh, they have plenty of things in their day, and although they might be moved by the cause of homelessness, we might not necessarily know what that looks like or where we can send our dollars or spend our time volunteering. And that's what these episodes are all about, just to give our people, people connected to serving people experiencing homelessness in Metro Detroit, uh, an opportunity uh, to get a variety um, of organizations and information related to that. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce you to Jennifer Miller. I'm going to go ahead and clap for her. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? Hello. Good. Thank you. Uh, that's Thanks a, for having me. That's a dorky pattern I've developed here, clapping for people that come on my podcast that I'm, I'm sure like two people use or watch or listen to. Um, and I'm even dorky enough to call it my podcast at this point. But uh, Jennifer, I, I want to say right off the start here that you are fantastic and wonderful. And this is one of the unique instances in which you and I have talked on the phone. And I'm not sure. I think we met once or twice at a, a barbecue yeah. way back in the day. But I say this all the time. I am not smart and I'm a teacher. So like I forget that often. But it's wonderful to see you. And by the way, I love your backdrop. Like it's awesome. Your pictures and oh, flowers. And oh, oh, yes. I want to take a pictures down for this. So I left everything in place. That's right. Yeah. This is my office. Yes. Beautiful mosaic there. You're putting my uh, closet door to shame behind me. <laughs> That's how creative I am. But I did wear one of my favorite t-shirts today that like you. I do like that t-shirt. That's a good one. People have a profit. That's right. That's what's up. So, Jennifer, I'd like to start off by just, you know, setting it up. You are the executive director of More Than a Bus, mm -hmm. and you are another grassroots nonprofit right here in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, first, before we jump into that, I, I'd love for you, as you did a little while ago for me, to just kind of tell the folks who you are, um, a little bit about yourself, your background, your history, your family, whatever you want to share. Who are you, Jennifer? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Jennifer Miller, like you said, Executive Director for More Than a Bus. Um, we started off in 2019. Um, Pastor Nate Kingsbury is the founder and um, a friend of mine. So I actually got involved that way, although um, I've been in ministry for about 20 years now. Married, I have two kids. Um, all my family serves with me. I love it. It's been wonderful. 
uh, I did not see more than a bus coming. I was um, doing outreach to Muslims, and that was a great ministry for me. But then I started, um, I was actually playing cards with Nate, and he needed help with a nonprofit. So um, I started helping him just because I worked for nonprofits. I knew how to do it. And um, it just has evolved into, went from volunteering to eventually being employed, and now I'm the executive director. So um, I've always had a heart for the homeless. Um, I think everybody makes bad choices at one point or another or are put in situations or have circumstances that they can't necessarily be their full potential. So um, I don't think that that should be judged. We should instead love on them. So that I've always had that heart. I've always wanted that. Um, but it's nice to do it now, actually, as my day-to-day -day living. So I'm, I'm very blessed to work for one of the bus. That's so awesome. Um, I loved the phrase you used, like you didn't see it come. Right? Yes. Um, so if you can maybe expand upon that a little bit. Uh, what was that decision process like? What, you know, did God do through you and in you when Nate connected with you? Uh, and the only reason I ask is I think there are so many people that might, you know, uh, associate with that, you know, a, a calling, a nudge, you know, what did that look right. like for you? So um, I have always tried to live. I mean, obviously I don't always um, do this perfectly, but my husband, I always try to um, always seek out and everything. So while I was working, I was working full-time um, out of the house. Previous to that, I had worked in our house. So I was always available for our children, always at home, juggling a lot of things, but able to work and be a part of their life. Um, my children are 19 and 17, so we're getting towards the end. And it was like, oh, time's running out. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm missing some things because of it. So um, I wasn't look, actively looking for anything, but I had prayed to God, if, if, mm. if you have a different direction, you know, make a way. I, I'm open to however you want to use me, guide me, direct me, whatever. So when this happened, um, you know, I, I spoke to my husband and I said, this is kind of crazy that this is all, it'd been like nine months of me working with Nate on top of my job. And it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but I still wanted to serve, so it was fine. Um, and then Nate just said, I think you need to come on. I think you need to run this. And um, people said, well, there's God telling us the perfect solution. I'm, I'm gone a lot, but I also am home a lot. So I'm here for the end till they head off to college, which is a blessing for me. Uh, like I said, I just I, I love what I'm doing. So it's been great. God is good. He is all the time. Um, so uh, pretending as though there's somebody listening that has never heard of more than a bust, has never seen your program, which is awesome and fantastic, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Explain it for people. Uh, what, is, what is it? What do you do? And how do you help people experiencing homelessness? Okay. So um, more than a bust is a concept. It was incorporated in 2019. It's based off of a mission trip that Nate had taken back when he was younger, like 19, 20 years old. And when he was um, talking to this man, every night they went and fed the homeless. And he finally, um, the same man that he saw each night, offered him his sweatshirt. 
And the man was touched by that and offered to have Nate sit down next to him and just opened up to him. And at that point, Nate said, it's about the relationships. I was just thinking that, yeah. Yeah. So our ministry, I mean, our goal, our mission statement, you know, is to um, provide hope to the hurting in the cities where hunger and homelessness exist. Um, But how we do that is through impact. And um, the I stands for um, immediate. Our goal is to meet their immediate needs. They need to eat. So we feed them. Um, The M is for mobile. We go to them. A lot of people who are homeless, they don't have transportation. So to ask them to come to us at a certain location doesn't always work. So this way we find a location we can go to with them. Yeah. Um, We do P for partnership, A for authentic relationships, um, C for consistency. We believe we need to go every week to the same location. How he did every night to that man, Basil, you build up the relationships and um, you learn their names, you learn their struggles, their situations. And by consistently going there, them knowing they can count on you, you build up a trust. And of course, the T is for transformation. And our goal is that their lives can be transformed, that they can know Jesus Christ, that they can overcome whatever obstacles they are that are prohibiting them from living a life off the streets. Um, So we have a bus um, that we travel to different locations. Um, Inside our seats for our volunteers, we have storage, but then we also have like a little kitchen area with a sink in that. We prepare the soup at our commissary kitchen, which is Simpson Park, who has been a huge blessing to us. Um, Can't say enough about them and how much they've helped us in our beginning stages. Just always providing for us, allowing us to use everything, the kitchen, park our buses there, just wonderful people. Um, We prepare our soup. We put it on the bus. We drive to our location. We open up the door and we serve. We pass out hygiene packs. We pray with the people if they need prayers. You know, we log this all. So the next time we go out, we have a core team that goes, but we also bring extra volunteers. Then we can go over some names with them. If you see... Um, for instance, there's a man, Jewel, at a site that we see in Pontiac. He's going to ask you, are you a Christian? Ah. And if you say yes, he's going to say, no, you're not. You're a child of God. Oh, so at this point, when I see him, he says, are you a Christian? And I say, no, Jewel, I'm a child of God. So I tell everybody, this is going to come if you see Jewel today. <laughs> and then he's going to quote scripture and he wants, he just wants conversation. He, um, he likes to talk about the Bible. So we, Chart these things so we know next time we go. But that's part of the relationship building that when we go back, we can say, did you get your um, apartment? Have you gotten anywhere with you? Like a guy lost his phone. Did you get another phone? You know, different things like sure. that. You try to. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, as I, I hear you describe all of that, the thing that really comes to mind, uh, and it's also so true for us, is as a, a smaller nonprofit, uh, we are only able to do what we do at Wave Project because of the kindness of, of so many others, volunteers, mm-hmm. partner organization. I forget the name of your, your base station there that you mentioned. What was it again? Some Park. Yeah, you know, and uh, for us, that's so essential. And I hear you describing the same thing. If you could just dive into that a little bit. I, I know that, um, Nate, first of all, can you describe for everybody or explain for everybody who Nate is, where he's from? and. Uh, kind okay. of where he's at around Metro Detroit. 
Yep. So Nate uh, Kingsbury is the senior pastor at Stony Church on 26 and Jewel. He's been there probably about three years, maybe four. Um, he was a youth pastor previously, senior pastor. I believe he was senior pastor last church also, but senior pastor currently. Um, Nate is phenomenal with people skills. Mm. He can talk to anybody. Everybody likes him. It's very, he's very easy to get along with. He has the perfect personality for going out and just loving on people. So a lot of people, when he goes with us and they watch him, you know, he's so gifted at it. It's, it's great to watch. Um, he had this vision or dream since he was in his 20s. He's now in his 40s. So um, seeing it finally come to fruition has been good for him. It's been a blessing. He loves it. Yeah. Um, he finds us whenever he can serving. Obviously, he's senior pastor, so the church is his focal point. That's why I run it, and he doesn't. You can't run to um, organizations of that size, definitely. But um, he's just um, he's a blessing to more than a bus. He's, he's hardworking, and he didn't give up. And he got the resources he needed to get it going. And so it's been great to work with him. That's awesome. And I actually, as you're saying that, I remember when, when we, you know, decided we were going down this path, uh, you all actually came out to a barbecue and checked out what was going on as you guys were ramping up to lunch and this thing. So um, God bless Nate and God bless all of you. Uh, as we kind of circle back now, thinking of getting it off the ground, thinking of all of the logistics and the details uh, mm -hmm. involved with actually getting out to a site and you know opening up that door on the side of the bus and, and helping folks. Can you talk a little bit about the power of collaboration? Just, I don't know, I say it all the time, you know, uh, the news, you see a, a mixture of stories on there. And I know that certain things get ratings, but I, my feeling is, is there's not enough of the good stories that are told. So, and in, in, right. in, within that lens, can you talk about how collaboration and community organizations or even, you know, different churches uh, really helped you, you all along the way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, most definitely. That was one thing actually that I was probably the most pleasantly surprised about was the partnerships like all the different organizations that I've come in contact with, everybody's the same. We're all like, we're in this together. How are we going to get this done? Um, everybody just joins hands. And I just spoke with someone yesterday, you know, that we're going to start serving. Everybody is just more than willing to join hands. Like with you guys, um, I remember a lady had said to me, you need to check out the wave project. So I just went on your website and checked it out. And I was like, this is the coolest thing. Wow. I love this, you know? <laughs> so I reached out um, to Amanda. And uh, Amanda Bray, shout out Amanda Bray. We love Amanda. She's yes, awesome. I love her. So sweet. Um, she called back when we were on our way to serve someplace and invited me to your first barbecue. Okay. And I'm like, we'll be there. I want to see what it's all about. And then that was one of our first partnerships with you guys. Um, after that, we're like, okay, when you guys are there, we'll come. Obviously COVID hit three months after we opened or started serving, but um, we were at Grace Center of Hope dropping off a meal. Yeah. Uh, but that's not who we are. We're not to go in and serve where they already can have a meal. We serve off the bus to people who can't go in and get a meal at places. Um, they said, call Hope Warming Center. And so I called them. They've welcomed us. Mm. They said, can you go serve at Roadway Inn? in Auburn Hills with Lighthouse Ministry or Lighthouse. So 
then we contact Lighthouse and we get there. You see it all snowball and all these different people. We um, met Blessing Bags Brigade through you mm-hmm. at your barbecue, community outreach barbecue at um, the beginning. And Sharon is always texting me, your, your bags are ready. Come uh-huh. get them. And those are what we use to pass out. Yes. Hope Warming Center gives us some if they have extras. Um, it's just amazing how everybody works so well together. Yeah. And it's, it, been, it's been amazing. It's it's such a blessing, you know. Uh, I can't speak for you all, but for us, we don't have a humongous budget. We don't have an mm-hmm. endless staff. We have a few part time no. employees. A lot of us are, are volunteers that are are just you know have a full time job and, and going on over and above. And I, I don't mention any of that to pat ourselves on the back, but I, I say it yeah. just so that anyone who's listening uh, knows that they can give just a little bit of their time. You know, one mm-hmm. afternoon a month or a couple of Saturdays in a month and make a big difference. And it, it really is the mm-hmm. body of Christ or a community. If even if you're not a believer and you're, you're somebody who isn't into God, the community coming together to really make change and, and have an impact. And for me, it's just such a joyful thing to see that mm-hmm. example that reality replicating all around Metro Detroit and actually the country and world. That's one of the great things about social media for me is we can see other programs, other missions going on out there and we can cheer each other. So with you. Yeah, I love it. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I love it when I, when we show up and we're like, Oh, the weight project's here. And I tell our volunteers, you got to go look at the showers. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. And then we see Pat and Ryan, or I see Steve. I've seen, I've seen you. I've been in the bus serving, and I see you all. But I never, because um, <laughs> I have to do the soup, so I yeah. can't, I can't. Leave that. But um, when you have a volunteer come aboard, they usually, in my experience, I don't know if yours is the same, but they walk away just so blessed. They think they went to help someone else, and usually they walk away so happy they didn't. Mm-hmm. And like you said. We're working with minimal. We don't have money to hire people. Um, if I have the choice between hiring a full-time person or feeding another 500 people, I'm going to feed the 500 people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, if we, as long as we can make it, we make it on what we have. And we, our, our goal is that our money goes towards actual, pro, you know, the program of feeding everybody. So, Yeah, we call that a horizontal model. Right. It's mm-hmm. not going to the top with other people managing things or a, a new office building or any of those sorts of things. And I, I well know that there are organizations that, that need those things. They're playing at a different mm-hmm. level than us. But uh, from you know a grassroots standpoint, what I hear you saying is it's horizontal. We're going to try to get it out onto the street. I love that. And yeah, I, I have noticed the bus around and I'm usually zipping around, you know, doing a shower thing or a lot of times Ryan and Pat and all those guys laugh at me because I have a camera in my hand or something else trying to get all this stuff. Right. Going. But yeah, we, we always seem to miss each other. So if we can lean into that in your experience on site and, you know, going all over Metro Detroit, I'd like to paint that picture for people. Our services are very similar in that we are designed to go break down Mm -hmm. that barrier of lack of transportation. So with that being said, traveling through Oakland County, through Macomb County, even, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have gone north into Flint and those other areas down to Detroit and, you know, all around Metro Detroit. In your experience, what does the need look like out there? There are some people that are listening to this and they're driving up I-75 or they're in their home in northern Macomb County and 
Uh, you know, they might think that, yeah, there is homelessness in Metro Detroit, but it might not be in my backyard. What does your experience tell you about that? Yeah, so it is definitely in your backyard, unfortunately, um, especially with COVID and just just addiction in general. Um, that hits everybody. There are um, like several people that I've run into. I'm going to say there's a place maybe a, a half hour from my house, 20 minutes from my house where people sleep under a bridge. Hmm. I never knew that. I've lived here for 21 years and I had no idea that I could head 20 minutes away and find people under a bridge. Um, I didn't know out north of me, people live in um, a wooded area, in tents. I had no idea. Um, it's always shocking to me. Um, kind of, you know, when you go to bed at night, it kind of hurts your heart when you think of all the faces you saw where we can pull up and we can have 100 people line up mm -hmm. to feed in Detroit. And I say, wow, we're just in one spot yeah. and there's 100 people here. Um, I saw one man who um, said, I haven't eaten since we saw you yesterday. And he's going to eat the same thing for the second day. He's not complaining. So happy to see us. But I'm like, wow. So he just all night, all, I mean, we came at lunch and it's lunch the next day. He hasn't eaten. Did he even get water? I don't even know if he had anything to drink in between that time. Um, those are the things that it's everywhere and the need is huge. Um, if we had unlimited resources, we could serve every day, all day. That wouldn't be a question. Yeah. We just don't have the ability with our funding or our volunteer base to be able to do it. But the need is there. Um, I, I always want people to understand um, these people aren't happy. They're usually struggling or stuck. It, it's not a, like they're excited to be in the situation they're in. We don't need to judge them for that. Um, you just need to show them love and give them, well, for us, give them a warm meal. Yeah. For you guys, give them a shower. I mean, give them a break. Their, their life's hard enough right now. Some of them are making bad choices, but I've made bad choices. Mine just weren't life-altering. Or um, I struggle with it. I don't struggle with addiction, but that's no different that I don't sin in other ways. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we all have issues. So, um, it is definitely all around. Unfortunately for like me before this, I don't, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't, I didn't look around. I really did think, Oh, well it's, yeah, it's a Detroit or, Oh yeah. Flint's got a lot. But now that I'm serving, we're in Warren, Royal Oak, Pontiac, Auburn Hills, Detroit, Mount Clemens. They're all within a 30 mile radius or 40 mile radius of us. That's not far away. That's right here. And that's not one. That's seven locations that are right in our backyard. So, yeah, it's um, there's a huge need to help these people. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, a certain distance from your house. We launched the Essentials Van this last week. Mm -hmm. And yes, I was there. part of that process for us is we, of course, accompany the Wave Project shower service when possible. And there aren't those resources on site. It's also designed mm -hmm. to go to areas that we know there are high traffic or a high need. And the first day that we launched it, we were in Warren, but like you mm -hmm. said, we went over to Royal Oak, served plenty of mm -hmm. people. But then, you know, when we were able to, we made our way down, you know, Woodward to about eight in Woodward and pulled up to a bus stop. And you know, there were some people that were definitely 
But in that entire mm-hmm. day on our way back, when, you know, we made our way back to Macomb County and we were almost back to where we s- store the trailer, shout out to Walt Tents. They're fantastic and wonderful for all their generosity. Yeah. I keep saying shout out like I'm cool or something. Like people like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a dorky middle school teacher. But anyways, <laughs> on our way back, uh, we stopped at MacArthur Park in downtown Mount Clemens, which is a beautiful park. And it's right there on the Clinton River. And anybody who knows the area knows that sometimes that there are some people hanging out there that are in need or might not have somewhere else to go. And we pull up and right away people come over to the van and it's what it's designed for. So we absolutely want to help people. And as that crowd, you know, said thank you and moved on, we're, you know, making our way over to Clinton River Road there. And we get stopped again by more people that are physically running towards us to stop us Mm -hmm. to get some essentials. And we, of course, again, assist them and they're grateful. And when they're moving on, another group comes through. And I just couldn't help but feel and notice in that moment that I was 10 minutes from my front door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 10 minutes from my front door. And I know that you and I don't share this to make anybody feel bad or guilt trip, no. but it's just an awareness thing. I loved your terminology, whether struggling or stuck. That's beautiful, and I'm going to steal that and probably say that it was my idea later on. But go ahead, you're it's all yours. <laughs> that, that's that's perfect, and we we can't put a you know blanket on on everybody. But a lot of people I see are struggling or stuck, uh, and mm-hmm. for us, as you said, it's all about sharing love and helping them along. So beautiful. Yeah, I do want to bring up. Um, you know, I know you've seen it where the people are coming to get what they need from you, get the supplies they need from you. This past weekend, you guys had your um, new, what's, what's it called? The Essential? The Essentials van, yeah. Yes, the Essentials van, which is very cool, too. Um, but a man came up to me, and he said, I'm so hungry. I'm, I'm so hungry. I need mm. food, but I, I, I've got to get my backpack. He wanted a backpack from you guys. Oh, okay. So he was torn. Oh. He didn't want to wait for soup in line for us. But he needed to get his backpack. And that desperation in his eyes, choosing between eating or getting the supplies he needs, hygiene, whatever else, to make it through the week, or new new clothes because he's been in his for a couple weeks, it broke my heart. I said, sir, we will be here. Go get, uh-huh. go get your backpack and come back. But I thought, do I have to sit there and choose every day whether I'm going to eat or whether I'm going to get deodorant or a toothbrush or toothpaste or a new shirt or a new pair of underwear. We don't face that. Um, and that when they come to you like that and you see that desperation in your eyes, in their eyes, you know, it, it touches you. You, you have to think twice about like, for me, it's a no brainer. I want to love on them. <laughs> I want to say, I'll wait till five o'clock if you need to go wait yeah. in that line. Cause I feel horrible that they have to make those choices, but that's where they're at. I was not aware of that that story, and there are so many similar stories throughout our experience, but you're right, that that's heartbreaking. It actually leads me to another thought that I know your organization and ours and so many out there will stay as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. My guys actually make fun of me. I'm the schedule keeper and the schedule maker, and yeah. you know they're scheduled from 12 to 2, but many times they're there until 3 or 3.30, making sure that you know the extra 5, 10 people hour you know you mm-hmm. you all are very similar but it speaks to the desperation and just the climate and lifestyle on the streets 
that mm-hmm. I have this urgency, I have to protect, I have to you know, find, I have to secure. And, you know, just that level of desperation, as, as you were saying, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Even though they know us and they hope that we would stay and provide if we can, it's, it's still like, you know, it's depth of desperation. Of course, we're all trying to help out with. It shakes you. Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful to be partnering with you all. And one of the things that we're really big on is trying our very best not to replicate services you know, there can never be too many meals for the homeless or there can never be too many clothing closets or mobile clothing closets or those sorts of things. But for us, this works best when you can do what you do really well and we can come alongside you and add something to that. And I think that's been a beautiful part of our partnership. If mm-hmm. you, you could speak about that, the idea that you all literally, if people can you know, think about this, imagine the school bus that you drove to school in as a kid. These wonderful people at More Than a Bus imagine like, okay, that's fine, but let's take everything out of it. Let's build a kitchen. Let's build, you know, a service window. If you could talk about the idea of your unique service going out into the community and your path in being a mobile soup kitchen and not replicating services and partnering with others, where has that led you? Well, um, like with your with the Way Project, when we um, partner up with you guys in Detroit. Um, you guys can pull in, we can pull in. We, we plan at the same time, pretty much. People start showering. They come over to us, they're all excited because they're clean mm. and they're going to eat. They, like When you see somebody come out of the shower and come get their food and they're clean, have new clothes and been fed, it's, um, they are in the best mood ever. Game changer. Um, it is. It's, it's amazing. Um, so I love that part of it. I love, that's why I love the partnerships. I love... Um, that they can, and the other people that are waiting for a shower can eat whatever. Um, I love that we're mobile in that not only if we go one place like Detroit, uh, you know, the team wellness where we are with you guys, but if we're um, going back and we see a bunch of homeless people, we can pull off and yeah. offer them. The way it is with ours, we flip, we open up, we got actually a bus that has a handicap ramp in it, took the ramp out so that door opens where yeah. the handicap the wheelchair would have went in and we just flip a shelf up and we can just feed people that way. Um, so to be able to drive around, um, all, all we need basically is full tank of gas and some soup in there. We're good. We, when you partner with other organizations that depending on where we go, some of them, we don't pass out any hygiene packs. They don't need them. There's, they have them there or, or like you guys have them or same with clothing. Some, they don't need it. Other places we go, they need everything. So with the bus, we actually can store a lot on it because it's bigger. (laughs) So we're able to pull out what we need when we need it. But then we may not use any of it that day. Um, Designing the buses has been fun just because space is like now we have a bus that's a 15 passenger instead of the huge one. Uh, Well, we still have the huge one too, but... You have to figure out how to fit everything in this little space. Like we used to go a long ways. Now I'm going up and down. Like, yeah. okay, we've got to stack on top and unstack to get out and everything fits in appropriately. And um, it's just a cool concept. People on the street, well, I'm sure they do it to you guys with the trailer. They, you see them stop next to us. They look, they're like more than a bus, more than, and, and they'll look it up. And then they're like honking their horn, you know, thumbs up to us. Um, we have people call us. 
we saw this big bus on the road and we want to know what you're about, you know, and, and we're like, come join us. You can go from place to place and feed, you know, if you get 50 people there, hundred, you could go all around. Um, so it's just been a, a wonderful ministry. I, I know a lot of the homeless people can take the buses. And I know they were free during COVID, but they're not any longer. So really they can't travel. And especially if it's hot or if it's extremely cold, you can't walk a mile to get to a soup kitchen or chuma. You need, you need people to come to you and they're not lazy. You can't physically do that. You'll get frostbite if it's too cold mm -hmm. or, you know, they don't have a place like we can go outside and get warm, but we can go in the air conditioning and cool off. They can't. Yep. So they're not going to go stand out in the sun for a couple hours just to get, you know, food or whatever. So um, being mobile is definitely a key. Consistency is huge. Being there, um, you guys do that. They know you're going to show up. So if they are going to walk, they're going to walk that day because they know you're going to be there. We don't miss. I mean, if it means that we we have three people as opposed to ten, we do it. They, you know, you do what you got to do, but you don't not show up. They Most of them have been betrayed or don't have a lot of trust in people anyways. So if we if we can show up consistently and they can have a little trust in us, then we have the ability to start trying to help them. Yeah. You know, so. That message of consistency is so important. It doesn't have to be every single day. You know, no, I work in Lake Orion and, you know, there are a couple of individuals that are experiencing homelessness that, you know, are very visible. And I have a really good friend that lives out there, actually a family. And they talk all the time about how maybe not every single day, but whenever possible and consistently, they've given some food or some essentials mm -hmm. and gotten to know this individual. You know, it's like any relationship. It builds over time. They feel right. like they can count on you. They might be willing to open up a little bit more. They might be willing to accept some help or guidance uh, that they might not have been open to otherwise. So I think that message of consistency, both on an organizational level and a personal level, is really mm -hmm. important and it's it's sketchy for some people it's a big leap of faith to enter into that moment and we always encourage people to do so safely right right um, but uh, i love that uh i get this a whole lot and I, i'm not sure if you do or not but uh, a lot of people are creative and wonderful and people are built in all different ways and they might feel motivated to start a nonprofit or mm -hmm. to start a ministry at their church and I'm just wondering, as you think back on this crazy journey that you're on here, what would be, you know, kind of the basic pieces of advice that you would give somebody who says, I have this idea, I have this uh, population that God's put in my heart, I have this cause that I want to run towards. What advice would you give those? So obviously, I feel one of the most important things is prayer. If you feel led, pray about it. If it's if it's God's will, he's going to open the doors and it's going to happen. Um, we have watched over and over again the amazing things God has done that I know was not of us. <laughs> it was not our doing. It was totally his. Um, obstacles we face that are just removed that mm. that we couldn't remove on our own. Um, if you're passionate about something, um, it is it is hard work. There are a lot of days that, what do they say, like ministry is messy or whatever. There's a lot of days it's hard. Um, but I serve an amazing God. Mm. So I keep that at my, at my front of my mind all the time that I want to help these people. And I'm just going to trust in God to get me through it. 
And he has. Um, and if he doesn't, then he's closed that door and move on a different way. But the need is there for people. And if you have a passion for it, definitely go for it. You don't know how to open a nonprofit. Someone will help. I'm helping someone else right now. Yeah. Because they've never done it. Um, we all help each other to get through whatever we need to get through and to get the job done. But if you have a passion, definitely. I mean, look where the Wave Project is in more than a bus. It's been a year and a half for us. We were supposed to be in like three cities by the end of the first year. We were in the first month. Yeah. We're going to add one city on the next year. We've added, well, I don't even know we're at seven. So it grows beyond whatever God takes, wherever God takes you, he'll take you. But um, definitely put in the hard work. It's worth it. It's definitely a um, blessing for me when I go out. If I actually get kind of fed up with the administrative part of it, the paperwork, <laughs> the, the licenses, the whatever, go out and serve. Making schedules. Back, yes. Well, we don't have to <laughs> I get volunteers. But you just um, you go out and serve, and it's like your, your tank is full again. You're ready to go. Uh, when you get at the grassroots level and you're out on the streets and you're doing the ministry and you're doing God's will, then you seem to all of a sudden you're re-energized and you're ready to go. So I would definitely tell people to do it, but don't, don't think it's going to be a walk in the park necessarily. Well, and I love your point that you don't have to do it on your own either. Mm -hmm. So for me, one of the pieces of advice I always give is doing exactly what you and I are doing. If, you're interested in serving the homeless try to connect with talk with meet with attend events related to that and just ask questions and ask for help i, I think a lot of people really don't want to bother other people they feel like they're you know a hindrance or they're being annoying and it's exactly the opposite in the nonprofit space in the ministry space just even in life maybe it's the teacher in me if you don't know something you know Ask respectfully, yes. you know, and, and be persistent. And as you as you said, you'll be amazed where that takes you. You thought you were going to be in one city, you're in seven cities, or, or right. Is. You know, so that's one of the pieces. So I, I I'm not saying as much because I'm complaining because we have been blessed, you know, more than I could ever imagine. But it's just the reality of of life. For instance, there are many families who know very well what it's like to have a fixed budget and, you know, have, you know, an income that they can count on, but, you know, we could all use a little bit more support or a, a little bit more, um, you know, to work and operate with. So as a small nonprofit, we are always trying our very best to tell our story and help people understand how people are being helped. But on the other side, how volunteers and donors and people that are motivated to, to jump in help us. Um, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I know you're a small nonprofit as well. So where do you need help and, and how can people connect with you and be as detailed as you like, you know, any programs you have coming up, any challenges you're having, you know, speak to the people out there. If they like what they're hearing about more than a bus, how can they assist you? Yeah, uh, you're definitely right. As far as you know, we have been blessed and I feel blessed, but we do have needs. Um, we've grown faster than we ever thought we would, um, which then puts the need, you know, for another bus because we we could serve, we do serve several locations back to back. But ideally, if we had more volunteers, which we have certain groups that people are so dedicated. Um, it's hard in the summer. Right now, mm -hmm. in the summer, we need volunteers. Like on a Saturday, 
you know, we get five or six people, which we could totally do it with. But sometimes I'm scrambling to get to get to six. You know, we may have four consistently, but everyone has summer plans. Um, there are a lot of people, they're not comfortable with physically going and serving or they actually can't go and serve. Yep. Um, my family serves, my father can't, he's disabled. They donate to us monthly. I can count on that income to come in. So then I know when somebody calls me and says, we need help. Can I do it? I mean, can we really afford to do it? You can't add sites on if you don't know if you can have the money to make the soup, (laughs) you know? Um, Donations are huge for us. Uh, Reoccurring, anything, any part of that. Um, Prayer, we we appreciate anybody who just wants to add us to their prayer list. Lift us up daily, we need it. (laughs) You know, I mean, we struggle. There's different struggles. Uh, Like we said, donations uh, with uh, um, the bus breaking down happens that we we pray against that all the time um that we can truly make a difference in people's lives that we have all the funds we need to not have to worry about that instead just being able to go love on the people that we have a full bus of volunteers um we encourage with people if you have a home group through your church small group something like that we have um home groups that have come and serve together it's great to serve as a team you will grow closer people when you're serving together well you're already doing life if you're in a home group together but go serve together too yeah. it just takes you to another level uh, we have churches that send out groups we have river of god is bringing a group this weekend to serve and when i watch that and i see those people all working together and laughing and and i'm like they're going to go back to their church and when they go to church tomorrow on sunday they're going to walk in happier because they were able to serve together the day before so, yeah, definitely volunteers. Funds are always crucial for us. Everything that we do, unfortunately, is based off of if we can afford it, you know. And I don't want to operate that way. I want to operate that we can just take on everything. So funds, volunteers, and prayer. Those would be the three things that I would ask from people. Um, you can sign up on our website to volunteer. If you go to morethanabus.org, you can um, fill out the volunteer part. You submit it. It'll take you to sign up Genius. You can look at all the days and times that we have open right now to serve. Um, If you want to donate, there's a donate button. If you want to mail in, you can mail in to our P.O. box, which is also on the website. And then the prayer needs, just add that us to your list and you'll be set there. Well, I know this might not be, you know, traditional or expected, but we you know, tend to be a little bit outside the box here. So I just, I want to speak to anybody that's listening. And if you are intending on supporting Wave Project and you hear more than a bus and about more than a bus and all the things that they're doing, I say donate to them. I say volunteer with them. You know, uh, I, I don't say as much to seem like we're putting Wave Project on a pedestal, but we truly believe in what more than a bus is doing and we want to encourage you volunteer with them donate to more than a bus pray for more than a bus you know uh, they are truly truly going out into the community being the hands and feet of god and loving on people and providing the most essential um you know need or providing to the most essential need they're doing so with joy and happiness and love so we just encourage you more than a bus.org right mm-hmm. more than a bus.org yeah. Uh, yep. volunteer with them, help them, you know, donate to them, donate every, every month, donate it all to them. <laughs> You're a blessing, Chad. <laughs> no, it's real. And, you know, we just know and believe in what you're doing. 
But um, I'd like to wrap up by uh, kind of digging in here a little bit and putting you on the spot. So in all of your time serving with More Than a Bus, uh, as I know personally, I'm sure you've seen you know a lot of things and uh, heard a lot of stories, whether it be with volunteers or guests or you know even just phone calls that we get. Uh, I, I just wonder if, if one story, one situation you know, comes to your mind right away that you could share with us about your experience related to serving people in business. Yeah, um, probably one of the best experiences that, that we have had through More Than a Bus um, is uh, with a band named Lonnie. I'm going to share this story with you because our goal is to share Christ with people and that they... They get to know Jesus as their savior. And um, we were serving him and um, he was sharing his story and his struggles with one of our volunteers. And she started talking to him about Jesus and his love for him and how he can transform them and God can give them the strength to stop. He was um, actually an alcoholic. His uh, daughter was killed mm-hmm. and then uh, because of that, his wife committed suicide. Hmm. Because of that, he is an alcoholic. He said, I can't I can't get through the day. They were my two people, they're gone. And basically his life went from our life to a child dying to then the wife taking his and he just can't function without alcohol. Um, she started to speak with him. She said, Do you want to know Jesus? They went back and forth. She ended up praying with him. Um, to accept Jesus as his savior. And maybe five, 10 minutes later, he went into a seizure. He went to the hospital and he actually passed away. Um, But that was our ultimate, like you loved on him. You showed him Christ's love. You were able to pray with him and he passed away. Um, We don't know how much time we truly have with people. When I hear, when I heard his story, I would love to believe that my faith is strong enough if something like that happened to me that I wouldn't turn to alcohol or drugs or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I love my children. I love my husband. Um, that's a lot to take on. And I believe God can give you strength for anything. But if he didn't have faith, that would be that would be huge. I'm not sure that alcohol wouldn't be the answer for many people in their minds. Um, so you see someone who was just living life and their life totally changed them getting becoming an alcoholic, going to the streets, to having a seizure and passing away, all in this short period. So to me, that's why I don't judge people when I see them. That's why I just love on them. That's why I want them to have the security that I do in my eternal life. And that's why I want to meet their basic need. Everybody deserves to eat. Everybody deserves a shower. I mean, these aren't any grand privileges. This is just basic. And so I think we all think of Lonnie a lot um, because he could have been any of us. That could have been any of us, except for the faith part. I have accepted Jesus. So, you know, and he hadn't had faith at that point, up until that point. But um, it was a very touching situation for us. God bless you guys for stepping into that and even the wisdom to rest in that and you know remember that. I think it's powerful when you say that we none of us know how much time we have. You know, I, I actually, throughout this last week when Father's Day came along, 
I started mm. thinking about some of the fathers that we've encountered. There have been even some instances where, you know, father and son, both homeless, are taking care of each other as best they can on the street. And uh, one of the, the gentlemen that came to mind was a guy that came with his son, you know, an adult son, but a, a son to our barbecues early on. His name was Dale. And he, we got some of the like most awesome photos of him getting a haircut and he just had like just mm-hmm. this awesome look to him. As I was reflecting on Father's Day and some of the fathers we've seen throughout our experience, you know, just my heart sank because Dale passed away from an overdose, I believe, mm. not too long ago. I mean, it's a, it's a fact of life, you know, people pass on, but you're right. None of us know how much time we have left. And the people that we see at the intersection as we're waiting to get onto the freeway or sitting outside of Home Depot or in Walmart, they're people first. Yes. You know, this last week I had somebody that was very well intending and not being negative in, in any way asked the question, how are you helping people no longer be homeless? And my response was is that we're not. We're sharing love with people. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe some of what we do ends up helping them get off the streets, but that's not our singular focus. I think that's sort of jarring to some folks, but they're mm-hmm. people first. They they deserve a shower. They could have food and God bless you and who you work with for, for helping out. Um, again, it's more than a bus.org. Jennifer is wonderful. Her whole team is wonderful. Um, I want to thank you, Jennifer, for taking the time to share your, your story and your organization with us. Again, please visit their website and donate all of it to them and volunteer with them all of the days. Um, hit their socials up, you know, follow them, blow their spot up. Uh, they deserve all the, the shine that they can get for the work that they're doing. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Dad. You're a blessing. Uh, and I just wanted to say to everybody that's listening, thank you for your support of Wave Project, for tuning in today. If you made it to this point, yay for you. This was an extended conversation, but it was a good one. Uh, I did want to remind everybody that the Essentials van is on the road right now. It is exciting. It is fantastic. But uh, we are seeing more than we expected that items are going to fly out of that van. So if you like the concept, it's a mobile clothing closet that actually distributes hygiene and personal essentials uh, as well. Please visit our website, go to the support us tab and find our Amazon wish list and send some underwear or socks or t-shirts if you can. Uh, As Jennifer said, we always can use volunteers. And I just did a post today. Uh, it's not only for the guests. Uh, our volunteers continually share that it brings them so much joy. It is fulfilling and even building relationships with other volunteers. It's it's fantastic. And I would love to meet you. Uh, so please sign up and volunteer and, and come out if you can. And you can also donate to Wave Project if you're feeling led to on our website. So thank you for everything. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time.